Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in again. You guys see I'm a little windburn. We had a long week of sports. Uh, we took Steve to his first Red Bull game yesterday. And I was back this afternoon for a little uh, Red Bull 2 action up at Montclair State University in the sun. I don't know if I'm sunburn or windburn, but you can see my face is bright red. It's a, you know, it's a occupational hazard, I guess, at this point. But we're back here today, and we're going to talk about the AFC South, do a little 2018 recap. You guys know the format. We're going to talk a little bit about each team. I have some pre-recorded videos, just uh, reading some stats, going over some uh, stuff, and then we're going to break it down. Today we have Steve on the Skype machine calling in. How are you doing, Steve? I am doing great. I had a fantastic time with you and Alex yesterday at the Red Bulls game. It was really fun. Awesome. Good. Glad to have you. It's a, I think it's your first tailgate too, right? For a big football yes. guy, uh, you're an out-of-state fan, and, and that's how it goes sometimes. So um, definitely some good food, good times yesterday. Um, but we're back here talking about NFL today, and specific, the AFC South. Yesterday, March 23rd, was National Near Miss Day. And before we get started today, we want to talk about our favorite players who were a near miss in the 2018 season. Steve, why don't you go first with your National Near Miss Player of the Year? I'm going to go cut deep and go Des Bryant. He had been lobbying for weeks to get onto a team, and then he finally gets signed onto the Saints. Everybody's expecting something big. And then the Thursday before his debut, he tears his ACL. We'll talk about a near tough miss loss, there. Tough loss. Would have been really interesting to see what he can contribute to that same squad. And now he's on the free agent list once again. Um, it's going to be, I think, some of the same thing. I don't believe he's going to be signed this offseason. Uh, my near miss player of the year was Nick Chubb. And you might be saying, well, how could he possibly be a near miss player? He's one of the best rookies. Great running back. Um, great season. And the reason he's a near miss, not a long miss, a near miss, is because he had 996 rushing yards. Like, come on, man. One more carry. He was averaging 5.2 all season. He can't get one more handoff. Get the, get the round 1,000. So, real close. Real close, but a near miss. Nick Chubb not getting into quadruple digits during his rookie campaign. Not good stuff there. <laughs> okay. We got to move on, and there's a lot to talk about. Very interesting division, this uh, AFC South for sure. And we're going to start with the Houston Texans. Houston was 11 and five last season. They were six and two at home, five and three away, and had a four and two division record. Let's go to the videotape and see the contributors for Houston Texans during the 2018 season. The Houston Texans had a handful of offensive contributors in 2018, and that started with quarterback Deshaun Watson. He had 345 completions for 4,165 yards, which gave him 26 passing touchdowns and 9 interceptions. He also added 99 rushes for 551 yards and 5 rushing touchdowns. Moving on to the running backs, we have Lamar Miller with 210 rushing attempts for 973 yards and 5 rushing touchdowns. He also added 25 grabs for 163 yards and 1 rushing touchdown. A lesser running back contributor is Alfred Blue with 150 rushes for 499 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and 20 receptions for 154 yards. The wide receiver game was led by DeAndre Hopkins with 115 catches for 1,572 yards and 11 touchdowns. Will Fuller caught 32 balls for 503 yards and four touchdowns. Kiki Kute had 28 catches for 287 yards and one touchdown. 
Demarius Thomas had 23 grabs for 275 yards and two. Jordan Thomas had 20 receptions for 215 yards and four receiving touchdowns. That is your 2018 Houston Texans. Okay, Steve, let's go back and talk a little bit about this squad. There were a few notable changes. Um, They signed two backup quarterbacks, uh, A.J. McCarron and Joe Webb. Um, (laughs) They franchise tagged Jadavian Clowney, so he's there one more season. They signed uh, Tyron Matthew to really, really... uh, Oh, sorry. Excuse me. They lost Tyron Matthew, who went to uh, Kansas City during the offseason. Mm-hmm. And they have Alfred Blue, who's sitting uh, currently as a free agent. Um, so no notable additions. One very, very notable loss. What do you think about this Houston Texan team? Uh, who is your MVP? My MVP was DeAndre Hopkins. Like, Gotta be. Uh, yeah, he, he was unguardable. He, he And after playing a full season with Deshaun Watson, like... Those two have a very bright future together. Yeah, and DeAndre Hopkins to me is is the definition of matchup proof. Um, he got a hundred oh, yeah. hundred fifteen balls, like ten a game. Um, yeah, <laughs> really, really good. One thousand five hundred seventy two yards and eleven touchdowns. He had it all. He had the yardage. He had the touchdowns. He had the red zone looks. He had hundred fifteen catches. Really good stuff from DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and I think we're all going to agree there. There's no one, no one else to be the MVP of this squad. The surprise, we picked, or I picked, Lamar Miller. Very poor showing. A lot of people had him very high on fantasy drafts, of course, coming over from the Dolphins. Only 210 carries for 973 yards. Yuck. And five touchdowns. Only 25 caught passes. Not a great showing. Uh, I think we all expected a little more from Lamar Miller. Do you? What are your thoughts on Lamar Miller during this past 2018 season? I personally do not think that he's a true number one back. I never thought that, um, you know, he couldn't show it in Miami. I did. I didn't really expect much when he went over to Houston and, you know, my, my surprise was actually the entire stable running back, um, crew in Houston because Alfred blue got notable carries and they did. And the Texans don't look like they're bringing him back. So that says a lot. And Deontay Foreman, if the Texans don't draft a running back in this draft, I think this is Deontay Foreman's last chance to show that he can be something, or else I think the Texans have to go running back in the 2020 draft. Of course, and he has been just riddled with injuries. Um, hasn't he? Hasn't really. He, he just hasn't played. Um, obviously, he's got to get right. But th- them not signing Alfred Blue, I think that does say something. Um, in the faith in Lamar Miller and Dante Foreman moving forward, of course, we'll see what the draft has to bring. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we had rumors of Le'Veon Bell. That did not happen. He went to the Jets. It's going to be interesting where they go with this squad for sure. Do you have any uh, out-in-left-field predictions, any hot takes on the uh, Houston Texans? Of course, we're talking AFC uh, South today, and uh, in particular, we're starting out with the Houston Texans. What are your bold, bold predictions for this team moving forward? I think of all the teams in the AFC South, I don't know if this is that bold, but I think that the Texans are the ones that are most in line to take a major step back because they lost two defensive starters with the Honey Badger and cornerback Kareem Jackson. So that back end is going to be wide open. And, you know, if Will Will Fuller needs to have a full season, because if he doesn't, 
then he's gone. He, I mean, he has to be. Yeah. You can't have six games every season, and he's just one of the most hurt players in the league, and they really rely mm-hmm. on him down the field. Of course, they got uh, Demarius Thomas to fill in that void once he went down, and then Demarius Thomas goes down. Um, just not looking good. My hot take is going to kind of piggyback on that, and I think Kiki Kute is going to be a wide receiver two next season. I, I see really that. see him in that 24 to 30 range, which would put him... Um, as a number two or a really, really high-end number three, something's got to give. You know Watson loves running the ball, but he's he's going to have to throw it, and he has to throw to someone. Kuti looked really good when he got his start. He started about halfway through the season, um, and then he missed it a little some time with injuries too, but it has to be him to me. It's Hopkins and then Kuti, and I could see you know Will Fuller just kind of playing that D. Jackson role, just going up and getting one once in a while. But I could see Will Fuller. He caught 32 balls last season. I could see him in that 50 range. He's he's the go up and get him guy. Uh, Kiki only had four less catches, 28 for the year, and I could see that going up easily to 65, 70, kind of being like one of those possession guys. A uh, like, but as what... you said, he's got to stay healthy too. Yeah, well, he has less, you know, in one season uh, uh, problems. I don't see like Will Fuller style. You know, Will Fuller just can't stay on the field, and that that's a problem. That's a problem mm-hmm. for me. And when it comes to fantasy, which one of these guys you're looking for? Um, Hopkins, of course, of course. But um, is it Fuller? Is it Kuti? I'm assuming it's not Demarius Thomas. No, um, I would go Kuti over Fuller just because. You know, Fuller's proven that he can't stay healthy, so I'd go QT. I because just he's fingers crossed the whole receiver. time. Yeah. yeah. All right, I agree with you there. Um, we'll see where the ADP falls throughout the offseason. Uh, moving on, we're going to meet the Indianapolis Colts. Colts went ten and six last season. They were six and two at home and four and four away with a four and two division <clears throat> record. Let's take a look at the Indianapolis Colts 2018 contributors. The Indianapolis Colts contributors started with quarterback Andrew Luck, 430 passes for 4,593 yards and 39 passing touchdowns with 15 interceptions on the season. Running back Marlon Mack added 195 rushes for 908 yards, 9 rushing touchdowns, and had only 17 grabs for 103 yards and 1 touchdown. Running back Naeem Hines had 85 rushes for 314 yards and 2 and he added 63 grabs, 425 yards, and two touchdowns. Jordan Wilkins had 60 rushes for 336 yards and one touchdown, and 16 catches for only 85 yards. Moving on to wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton had 76 catches for 1,270 yards and six receiving touchdowns. Chester Rogers had 53 catches for 485 yards and two touchdowns. And when we move on to the tight ends, we had three contributors. Eric Ebron, three rushes for negative eight yards, but a rushing touchdown. He added 66 grabs for 750 yards and 13 receiving touchdowns. Jack Doyle had 26 catches for 245 yards and two touchdowns. And Mo Alley-Cox had six catches for 102 yards and one receiving touchdown. That is your 2018 Indianapolis Colts. All right, now we looked at some of the numbers. Let's talk a little bit about the moves. They did sign Devin Funches to a one-year $13 million, kind of like a show-me deal. And uh, on the defense, they are making moves. Justin Houston, two years, $24 million. Um, definitely some good stuff going on. It looks like they're going to let Dontrell Inman walk. He's a free agent this season, and there's been no progress there. 
Chester Rogers did sign a one-year $3 million deal. Again, I think that's another show-me. So Chester Rogers and Funches might be battling it out for that uh, number two in looks. If three offensive linemen who are free agents this season, Jamarcus Webb and Matt Slauson spent most of the season on IR and were not part of that, you know, number one caliber offensive line that we saw Colts throw out. But uh, Evan Boehm was, he started 11 games last season once Ryan Kelly went down with an injury and was an integral part of that line. He plays center. You need to keep him. Um, I think they're going to spend some money on Evan Boehm. I don't know what is the holdup, but we can assume that this offensive line is going to be back with the same um, uh, intensity that they had last season. Just because they're losing two guys doesn't mean you know the, those guys didn't play a part. So a um, lot of good stuff here. What do you think when you see the squad? Because they there were ups and downs for the Colts all last season. Um, are you on the more upside or on the more downside? I'm on the upside of the Colts. I. I think that they have a very strong possibility of dom- well, once again dominating this entire division. Like they, they, Andrew Luck, he came back from his injury, and you know, yeah, he had a shaky start to his return, but then once he actually started catching fire, like oh. the Colts, yeah, four hundred thirty completions. That's that's all yeah. you need to know. Four hundred thirty completions. Mm-hmm. But. You know, I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and jump to my surprises. And that and that was bad running back play. Like, Absolutely. Marlon, yeah, Marlon Mack, he's not a good consistent running back. Naeem Hines is a decent patch, pass catcher, but Andrew Luck didn't pass to him a lot. 663 and, catches is, is notable, but it, it notable, could have been but... more. And, and the thing is, you look at Marlon Mack caught 17. Jordan Wilkins caught 16. At least 20 of those could have been. You know, Naeem Hines, really, if they used him consistently, could have been in that 80 range. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Naeem Hines, he's bad between the tackles. And Wilkins running was meh at best. I, I think Marlon Mack is, is the best choice here. And uh, Mack, Naeem Hines could be a nice one-two punch. You have your pass catcher. Um, of course, the, the hard part there is not signaling to your other team what you're going to do when Marlon Mack is that useless in the catch game and Naeem Hines is that useless in the run game. Um, of course, one thing that we do definitely want to talk about is the sets that this team's running out. Not a lot of teams are running the three tight end sets as much as this Colts team. Of course, they have Eric yeah. Ebron, who had a breakout season. I did want to point out, and I mentioned it in the stats, he had three rushes for negative eight yards last year, but still found the end zone once. Um, <laughs> and we saw rookie Mo Cox kind of break in and start getting a couple looks. He only caught six passes, but one was a touchdown. Um, and the oft-injured Jack Doyle, of course. Um, what do you think about this tight end group moving forward? Who are you interested in? Are you buying high on Eric Ebron again next season? I I would still take Ebron, but I would expect regression. Um, it, there's no way that... I mean, there is a possibility that he could replicate what he did, 13 receiving touchdowns, but it's highly unlikely. But on 66 catches, that's... Uh, what is it? Uh, it's a fifth of his catches were touchdowns. That's ridiculous. Basically. That's ridiculous. Um, but you know, um, who is it that the, Devin Funches? He he's going to cut into that. He because yeah. Devin Funches is a tight end. Yeah, he <laughs> he's a tight a end who can't guy. block. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Chester Rogers was in and out of the lineup all last season. So now we're going to look at T.Y. Hilton, Chester Rogers, Eric Ebron. And Devin Funches, all of a sudden they have a lot of threats, and this is not the team that's going to beat you with superstars. But when you're when you're throwing six guys who can who can catch, who can run on the field, 
stuff's going to happen. And, and I think that's where the danger lies, not in the all-stars, but in, in everyone, you have to cover everyone. You know, yeah. it, it's not one of those, you know, you, you can't slack on any of these guys. They, they're, they're all for real. Moving forward, your predictions. I'm going to go in hot first. Okay. I'm going to go in hot first. And that is Marlon Mack has a thousand yards in him in the season. He had a thousand combined, nine hundred eight rushing yards, nine rushing touchdowns. I think he's going to pass the century mark, or not century mark with it. What the one thousand mark? Is there a word for that? There should uh, be a word for that. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I he's going to get in quadruple digits on the ground, Marlon Mack. Mark it. Um, it it's time to buy high on some Marlon Mack. Of course, we're going to keep an eye on what they do in the draft, but I don't think they're going to. I think they have their guys. So. Um, what is your hot take, Steve? Well, I see the look I, in your I, eyes. You're going to disagree with me. What? Yeah, I see the look in your eyes. You're going to disagree with me hard, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's what. That's what. That's why we're here. That's what we talk about. Because, in my opinion, um, the only weakness of the Indianapolis Colts right now is their running game. Ooh. That's their only weakness. Okay. And you know, because they they have a pretty good defense, and Justin Houston makes their defense better, and you know. I, I want to actually see if sophomore backs Hines and Wilkins can actually um, become fantasy options or even become good football options. It'd be very interesting to see that happen. Absolutely. We're going to keep an eye on that again. Naeem Hines, 63 catches last season over kind of an abbreviated season. I think what's going to help this team and is going to make them fantasy contributors. I'm going to listen to what the coaches say. I want them to be all in. If the coaches say, Hey, Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, market. That's fine. If they bring in another player, if there's if camp is coming and you see, you know, who's working with the first team, who's working with the reserves, really going to matter a lot for them. But I, I, my prediction, I, I liked Marlon Mack. I think he flashed at times. And let's be honest, that offensive line, I could run behind them. So um, I don't think we really need the all-star, all-star, all-star lineup. Of course, that offensive line also protect Andrew Luck, kept him off his back, and kept him healthy throughout this past season. We got to move on now. We're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans. Titans went nine and six last season, six and two at home, and three and five away with a three and three division record. Let's take a look at notable players from this Tennessee Titans squad. The Tennessee Titans had quarterback. Marcus Mariota complete 228 passes for 2,528 yards, which gave him 11 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. Of course, that's only over 13 starts. He also added 64 rushes for 357 yards and 2 touchdowns on the ground. Derrick Henry was the leading running back with 215 attempts, 1,059 yards, and 12 rushing touchdowns. He also added 15 grabs for 99 receiving yards. Deion Lewis had 155 rushes for 517 yards and 1 touchdown. He also added 59 catches for 400 yards and one touchdown receiving. Corey Davis, 65 catches, 891 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Tyway Taylor had 37 catches for 466 yards and one touchdown. Tajay Sharp had 36 catches for 316 yards and two touchdowns. And tight end John U. Smith had 20 grabs for 258 yards and three receiving touchdowns. This is your 2018 Tennessee Titans. All right, now uh, let's look at the additions. They added a wide receiver, Adam Humphreys, four-year, $36 million. That is what I call investment. Um, they didn't lose anything of note for fantasy. Let's talk about this uh, Tennessee Titans squad. Steve, who is your MVP? 
the defense because the offense was very stagnant for most of the year and the Titans um, defense kept them in so many of these games that they probably should have lost. Absolutely. And that includes that uh, three and three division record could have, I mean, that's going to make or break their season. That's going to make or break their playoff. Hope got to be better. Can't go 500 and expect some playoff time. Um, When I look at the team, I, I'm so hesitant to say it because I don't like him as a player. Um, and that's Derrick Henry. He had oh, that four I touchdown game. Um, we've been waiting for him to do it, and he just won't do it. He showed flashes, but then he trailed off. He had four good games last season, and then he was nothing again. Um, 215 carries for 1,059 yards, 12 touchdowns, of course. Was it three or four in the one game? That was like that week 13 breakout. Four. Because they wanted him to get five and break the record. Yeah, and he didn't want to. He ran off his head, give it to Deion Lewis. I gotta gotta eat crow. Deion Lewis was my guy all last season. I said he gotta give him the rock. Unspectacular season, 155 carries, 517 yards. He did catch 59 balls for 400, but only found the end zone once. Rough, rough, rough time for this Tennessee Titans on the ground. And uh, in the air, wasn't much better. He had Taiwan Taylor, Tajay Sharp. Uh, Corey Davis, no one over 65 catches. Um, of course, Corey Davis, 65, 891. That was their best receiving option. Um, no one else over 500. Really gross. Johnu Smith got three touchdowns uh, from the tight end position. But Adam Humphreys, how is he going to fit in here? Because it seems like they really have nothing. <laughs> they really have nothing. Um, <laughs> and it seems like they would have wanted to go for an all-star, but instead they get Adam Humphreys, who's a proven contributor but maybe not a big threat guy. Uh, what are your thoughts on Adam Humphreys joining the squad? I, I, I actually really like it um, because they need a competent slot receiver to help with the underneath. And Adam Humphreys, when he was in Tampa Bay, he was that consistent go-to guy for both Jameis and Fitzpatrick underneath. And kept on producing. So I'm very excited to see what Adam Humphreys is going to do for this Titan squad. I think it helps out Corey Davis a lot. Because I think it will help open up the outside a little bit. And it'll definitely give Humphreys opportunities underneath. And I think it'll help with Mariota's development. Okay, we're running through some technical problems right now. But uh, we're going to plow through. We're talking about Tennessee Titans. Um, and we just finished up with Mariota. Let's talk a little bit about Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry, 215 catches last season, 1,059 yards, but four of those touchdowns were in the same game. Yeah. We value Derrick Henry very differently. I'm assuming he's 2017, 2016 Derrick Henry. Are you assuming he stays 2018 Derrick Henry? I I love Derrick Henry, and I hope, hope, Hope that Tennessee finally gives him the opportunity to take the reins in the backfield. You know, Deion Lewis is a nice compliment, but Derrick Henry, he is the best pure runner on the team. Let's see what he has. Now, I have to eat crow because I was a big Deion Lewis fan, and I was touting all all season long. He's the best guy there. He's the best guy there. you got to give him the ball. Finished with 155 rushes, 517 yards, and a touchdown. He did get 59 catches. I could see that even going up. Um, he's just such such wasted potential and just really a fall from grace from those New England days now to a struggling squad in the Tennessee Titans. Of course, they had a winning record last season. 
We will see. But when I talk about fall from grace, you know what NFL team I really think about? The Jaguars. The Jaguars, which is the last team we have to finish up the AFC South today. Jaguars were 5-11 and last season, which is a big change. We were expecting really big things. They were 3-5 and at home, 2-6 and away with a 1-5 division record. Let's take a look at some stats from the Jacksonville Jaguars. The 2018 Jacksonville Jaguars had a tough season, and we're going to start with quarterback Blake Bortles. He had 243 passes for 2,718 yards, which gave him 13 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. We also had starting quarterback Cody Kessler with 85 passes for 709 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Leonard Fournette was the team's leading rusher with 133 rushes for 439 yards and four touchdowns. He also added 22 grabs for 185 yards and one receiving touchdown. TJ Yeldon had 104 rushes for 414 yards and one touchdown, and 55 grabs for 487 yards and four touchdowns receiving. D.D. Westbrook had 66 grabs for 717 yards and 5 receiving touchdowns. Dante Mongreep had 48 catches for 668 yards and 3 touchdowns. Keenan Cole had 38 grabs for 491 yards and 1 receiving touchdown. And that is your 2018 Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, now the elephant in the room, of course. Nick Foles, 4 years, 88 million, coming over from Eagles. Led them through the playoffs again this season. Definitely is going to cash in here. For me, it's not a long-term deal. It's it's a win now. Jaguars were set. They were primed to be a win now team. Their window is closing. Last year, they struggled. What are your thoughts about this Jacksonville Jaguars team, Steve? Well, just for just on terms of foals, I think that he is a slight upgrade over Blake Bortles, only because of the fact that Foles he turns the ball over less and is more of a game manager, which I think will work. Um, and, you know, I kind of understand why they gave him a, a $22 million a year, because he's a former Super Bowl MVP. But, you know, it, it, you know, I have a, I have a question for you. Uh, who, was the, who was the last Super Bowl MVP to go to the Super Bowl, but on another team? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um... It has to be years and years ago. I'm thinking Kurt Warner because he... Uh, I'm thinking of a backup, first of all. So I was thinking like Kurt Warner because he came and played for the Giants, but he was off the team by the time the Giants made the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. It's Who, actually who's... not It's not that far ago. It was Peyton Manning, the Colts and the Broncos. Oh, yeah, okay. I should have had that. Okay, yeah, you got me. You got me. That was a layup, too. Oh, Should have had yeah, it. Yeah, because, like, now, I'm not saying that Foles can't get the Jags over the hump. It's, like, who is going to be their, like, star receiver? Well, you know? I'm glad you asked, because they also added Chris Conley from Kansas City. Now, Kansas mm-hmm. City having their own wide receiver problems with Tyree Kill, looking like he's in yeah. some uh, trouble again. Unreported length, unreported money at the time that we're recording this. But uh, surely that Chris Conley showed a lot of potential. Misused, not, you know, seldom used. But mm-hmm. he definitely has what it takes to uh, support this club. When you talk about free agents, of course, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, Malik Jackson, and a handful of O&D linemen for this Jaguars team. But I really want to talk about TJ Yeldon because he flashed at points in Leonard Fournette's absence. And we know how much I do not like Leonard Fournette. 
Um, I think he's he's uh, oft injured, and he doesn't have the goods when it comes onto the field. He punches guys with helmets on. Only caught 22 balls. You know what? Instead of punching guys in the helmet, you should be worried about catching some footballs, Leonard Fournette. TJ Yeldon filled in well. 104 carries, 414 yards, and a touchdown. He had he like two fantasy-relevant weeks there at the beginning of the season with the Fournette suspension. Caught 55 balls. Good stuff from TJ Yeldon, something I've never seen before. Instead of trotting him out the last two games of the season just to fill in a role and maybe get injured, they uh, they had a gentleman's agreement. They just sat him on the bench and um, let him go into free agency. We assume he's going to sign with another team. A lot of teams need some help. I value him around C.J. Anderson. Like, veteran, he's a pro running back, but he's not going to change your team. Um, what do you think about T.J. Yeldon heading into 2019? I think that he would be a good fit for whether the Colts, um, because, you know, we had that discussion about Marlon Mack and, you know, I, yeah, we're on different sides of that. Okay. But, but another team that he could really help out is the Raiders. I I think he would do well on the Raiders. They're looking for running back help. Of course, um, could be good. We also uh, have to note Dante Moncrief has gone to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you have your Dante Moncrief jersey yet? No, I, it's in I the still mail? have to donate okay. my Le'Veon Bell jersey. Okay, well, you have to, maybe just scratch the numbers off. Just send it to get re-embroidered. You'll be fine. Okay, MVP for this team. I'm not naming Leonard Fournette, and he was the only real contributor, so I'm going to pass. Yeah, uh, I, like, I don't have an MVP. I don't have a surprise. The, because, you know, Blake Bortles handcuffed this team for four or five years. They got what they deserved. Of course, um, predictions. Are they going to turn around? I could see better than 5-11. and 11. I could see 8-8. Eight and eight. But in this division, and this is an exciting division to talk about, and we're going to talk a lot about their offseason moves and predictions moving forward. They were 1-5. I could see them going 2-4, and four, not 3-3. Three and three. And that's going to put them right at that, you know, seven and nine, eight and eight mark for me. So I take Jacksonville Jaguars at 500, Steve at 500. Um, let's take eight wins over or under. Under, I, I think, I think they'll get a, I think they can eke out six or seven. Ooh, that's rough. Okay. Well, that is our Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, a lot of good stuff to talk about in the next coming weeks. We're going to move on to the NFC, something we a little closer to home, a little closer to home for us uh, East Coast fans here. But uh, it's it's been a great four weeks, first four weeks of the offseason, talking about AFC contributors. Of course, NFC starts next week. We'll have a four-week series. We're dropping NFL on Sundays. Excuse me. Dropping NFL videos on Sundays. We're dropping MLS videos on Wednesday, so keep an eye out for that. Of course, we have a U.S. Men's National Team game on Tuesday, so a lot of really good stuff coming up, a lot of great stuff to talk about. You can visit us, www.i80sports.com. Steve, thanks for joining us, and guys, have a great week ahead.